With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, Mike Curlin here from the Base Loaded Podcast. Quick reminder, this is Beer, Bourbon, Baseball. This is the weekly live stream that we do. And by we, I mean Mike Simeone and myself, aka SP Streamer. We do this every week live on Twitter via Periscope and on YouTube. So obviously, feel free to join us in the future. Bring your questions. We answer them all live on the air. We have a lot of fun. This is unedited. We just take that audio, put it up here for you guys to listen. Hope you enjoy it and uh, tune in next week as well. Bases loaded and one out. Oh my God! Deep to right field, way up there and way out of here. Second deck walk off home run. Brad Slash. Hey everybody, <laughs> welcome <laughs> into beer, bourbon, and baseball. I'm your host Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter, Mike underscore Curland. As always, my co-host Michael Simeone is joining me. You better know him as SP Streamer at SP Streamer, and we have a very special guest, Eric Cross. He he changed his name before we got on. It was Eric Hampson Cross. We'll address that <laughs> soon. You can follow him on Twitter at Eric Cross 4 Mike, I'll ask you in a minute, but Eric, how are you doing, buddy? What's going on? Doing well, doing well. My uh, Red Sox are getting annihilated every night. We had uh, two. We had both Jose Peraza and Kevin Plawecki pitching tonight, which is which is great. But uh, uh, and it's funny too. I tweeted out like. They didn't look much worse than the actual pitchers we've been throwing out there this year. So, um, yeah, I'm doing great. Looking for a high draft pick out of the Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Mike, how are you doing, buddy? You missed last week. And when I you, know. I'm back, man. When Mike is away, the boys will play. If anybody watched oh last God. week's episode, we ran two hours long, Maddie Wood, Dawkin, and myself. Eric, you can imagine how that went. Oh, yeah. Was... Dawkins, my boy. That's my boy. <laughs> so you mixed the three of us together. It was a legitimate party. But we're going to rein it back in a little bit. And before we get started, let's talk about what we're drinking tonight. Eric, you're our guest. What do you, what do you have tonight with you? So I'm not a huge bourbon guy. Um, so I went with – I got to go with the local beer here. And Portland, Maine is one of the top craft beer scenes in the entire world. Um, this is Allagash White. It's a uh, Belgian-style wheat beer. It's very smooth, good flavor to it. Brewed right in Portland, Maine, right about 20 minutes from my house. One of my favorites. Nice. What about uh, you, Mike? Nice little, uh, yeah, you little, took a week, uh, you took a week off. Yeah, um, more, I'm more, actually more just finished the bottle. I may have to turn into another one after this, but I got Pikesville Straight Rye. Um it's 110 proof. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> strong, so that's that's good. Um I I don't even haven't even tasted it yet, so I couldn't even tell you. Well, <laughs> I don't remember from the last time I had it. What I what I do do is every week I go out and look for a beer I haven't tried yet, which is a lot of them. And this week it just caught my eye. It's called High Stepper IPA, and it looks and it comes with the, it comes with instructions of pick me up and put me down. It, it's it's a beer for dummies. So before we get started, we'll do our cheers. Uh, even though I across did right. the country, we're in three corners of the country or two corners of the country. You guys are right by each other. I'm gonna do the. <laughs> where are you, where are you at, Mike? Should I'm in New York. Long okay, Island. gotcha. Oh wow, this is really fantastic. I think all beer is fantastic these days. But anyway, I wasn't even a beer guy before the show. Now I definitely am. We're gonna start with our usual game of shot in the dark. Mike, do you want to go? You know what? We're curling. Always loses. Yes, I'm terrible. So I need to get a, a beer ready to chug. That's what I do. Um, because if I lose, I chug. If he loses, he takes a shot. But the way this works for those who might not know how this game works or new to the show, it's a trivia game. There's a we're going to bring up a player. I'm going to give Mike five clues about this player one at a time. After each clue, he gets a chance to guess. You have a chance to guess at home if you're watching. If you guess before he does, or if Eric guesses before Mike does, he has to take a shot. If not, like I said, we go we go on for five picks, and if he doesn't guess at all, he still has to take a shot. So it's really a win win, and it's and it works reverse ways. I do it for a pitcher for Mike because he's a pitching guy. Me being the hitting guy, he does a hitter for me. 
We're using 2020 stats, which are crazy short samples, small samples, and crazy inflated. So I already I already poured my beer out ready to go. Um, with that said, Mike, I'm going to start. All right. Real quick before you go, uh, Darvish throwing a no-hitter through five right now. Well, you know what? I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I watched the, was it the year he got TJ for the Rangers. He went eight and two thirds of like a perfect game or no no. And I, I watched that. and I watched the hit up the middle. And I think it was like the game after oh. that. I was actually drafting a, like a home league during that game. And yeah, that's all, that's all I think about when I think of no no and Darvish. I think well, here comes TJ. Like that's what's <laughs> in my head. So I got four and a half clues for you. We're gonna oh, see how this God. works. It's supposed to be five, but all right. So <laughs> <laughs> four and a half. We're gonna round up. So of qualified pitchers, and I use I, I say qualified because I, I pressed the qualified button on on fan track on uh, fan graphs when I did this. Okay. Of qualified pitchers, he has the highest ground ball rate in the majors right now. Bieber. No, I wasn't. Gonna, it wouldn't be that obvious. Come on now, and you guess before you even give you uh, now, now. Eric can guess stuff like that, but no, no, I, no one's thinking that comments. because his curveball right now is something stupid. It's like a seventy or eighty percent ground ball rate. It's like absurd. Well, so that's what I figured it was him. And let me remind people: if you want to comment, if you want to get in on this, you want to ask your questions, you have to log in via Periscope. You can watch on Twitter and all that, but it's through Periscope. Log in. We see your questions. We we bring them up. We we answer them live, and as well, or on YouTube, you can ask them. We get those questions as well. So that's just a reminder. But since no one else has chimed in on the chat yet, usually we have a few people guessing by now. But Eric, uh, do you have any guesses for this first one? Remember, it is a qualified pitchers. So it's and he's a starter. I'll give you that. So <laughs> there's your point five. Uh, he's a starting pitcher, and his uh, ground ball rate is the highest in the major leagues right now of qualified pitchers. Um, be way off. Mike Miner. I know that's off. No, no, but you know what? It's sad that like Mike Myers way closer in my opinion to this guy than <laughs> than Beaver. All right, but uh, yeah. Next uh, clue. Next clue. He has the eleventh highest strand rate among qualified hitters, so it's not really much of a help. So basically, he throws he he gets a lot of ground balls and he strands a lot of hitters. Right, it's on the level of Mike Miner. You said well in the ballpark. That All might right. be gen- that might be generous. I don't know. It's oh geez, <laughs> I don't know who it is then. Um, I know, so I'm giving you way too many clues. You, I you, like you really haven't given any like um, trying to think who was yeah. high last year. Maybe uh, Adrian Hauser. No, Hauser was I think number two in ground ball rate though. Mm, close. So yeah, but it definitely wasn't. Him. Like, it, it's not him. <laughs> I, Eric, I, I, this guy, he's okay. This guy's obscure. Here's another clue. He's obscure. <laughs> um, I'm making a guess. Well, see, here's the problem. I have a hard time with the with the clues getting easier and harder because my next clue is not much easier. So I'll let Eric get it. I'll let Eric get a guess. Carlin only gives hard clues. Oh yeah, Martin Perez. You are just hoping that oh, it's some obscure. Well, it's obscure. I didn't mean a bad pitcher on a bad team right now. <laughs> hey, hey, now that's true though. <laughs> hey, now it's true. Of qualified. Um, of qualified hitters, oh yeah, of qualified pitchers, the ninth he has the ninth worst K minus walk rate of seven point nine percent. So he's not so his, he's not striking out. There much. are some people who have like negative right now. Um, I said qualified. I looked it up. He had the uh, ninth worst. I, I mean, I'll double check right now as we because uh, <laughs> you know I'm good at doing that. Zach Davies. No, but that would have been actually a really good question, a really good one there. Dobnak, he got it. Oh, Clay, you bastard. Why'd you come in here? <laughs> Randy Dobnak. Oh, he has, Clegg. So Dobnak right now, it's crazy. And you know, it's funny because I put five, I wrote five clues here and I didn't actually write his name. I'm glad he said it because I probably would have thought, forgot about it. But uh, <laughs> I'm really bad for him. But yeah, it was Randy Dobnak. It blew my mind when I saw that he has such a high strand rate, such a high ground ball rate. Babip is also a little low, but I mean he's obviously going to regress. But when I saw when, when I saw that fourteen point five percent K rate, I was like, Ugh. and then the yeah. walk rate, I was like, okay, it's not bad. But then seven point nine percent K minus walk, I was like, no one's going to guess this. But of course, hey, somebody did. It wasn't you. That's not all I tequila, care about. Man. You're not tequila man. So why do you do shots of tequila? That's all I have. I'm not going to waste my bourbon with a shot. So right. and just a reminder for those who are still tuning in. We are going to talk rookies and call-ups. And I forgot that I should mention what we're going to talk about at the beginning of the show. So people do stay tuned in case they're just thinking it's a drinking game show. Might be the worst part ever. <laughs> you might have put me and given you might have given me this responsibility, you idiot. But anyway, Eric. All right. Oh uh, no, Mike. Just sorry. I was gonna no, Eric. I don't, know, I don't know what I was gonna say to Eric. 
All right, so this is obviously a a hitter. Um, All right, first clue. He's hitting .970 Woba against breaking balls at the bottom of the zone. Yeah, see, you think I'm bad. Point it nine starts seven, off so hard. It starts he's hitting off nine, hard. So mine get easier, unlike yours. His Woba is 970 on breakers, bottom of the zone. Yes. Jeez. Breaking balls, bottom of the zone. He's Matt Olson. annihilating that. No. Matt Olson sucks. It wasn't, it wasn't Alonzo. <laughs> yes, that's not, it's not Pete. <laughs> you know that. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh, I, no. I just... I don't, I don't know. know. Is it Tatis? Some... No. Yeah, it's hard. Right. Mike will give you obvious answers, but not obvious ones. It's crazy. All right, next one. He's top 1% of the league in barrel percentage. Top 1%? Yeah. I, was just, I was just looking at barrel rate, too, not too long ago. Is it oh, top 1%? Man, there's a name that's escaping me because I think I feel like he's one of my breakdowns, but probably not. All right, I'm going to go off the cuff here and say Brandon Lau. Nope. He's uh, been crushing. He has. Go uh, ahead. D- Dansby Swanson. No. All right. So let's reiterate. So two, uh, 970 Woba against Brain Bowls, the bottom of the zone, top 1% of the league in barrel percentage. He has an XBA over 400 on fastballs, breaking balls, and off speed pitches. Oh, my so God. I know I look at this guy. Combined or individually? individually? Individually, each. Okay. He's crushing everything. He's literally, yeah. He's just. It's the barrel rate, and it's throwing me off. I'm going to say Solano, but I think I'm wrong. No. Okay, that was, that that was a good guess. That, that, was, that was my guess. Um, That's the one that really – because I've been looking up a lot of players lately, and there's like a lot of hitters that are just showing off, and he's one of them. Is it Austin Slater? Nope. Something tells you it's the same team, just a guy I haven't guessed yet. Um, th- uh, fourth clue. He's 26 and plays shortstop. Oh, 26. And, oh, Corey Seager. Yep. <laughs> Take I another shot, that. Mike. <laughs> no, you just only easier. Uh, yeah, yeah. That made it way too easy. You said 26. I probably shouldn't have mentioned the age. I should have just said he plays shortstop. And he plays shortstop in, in, the, in the NL or something. I was going to say next was plays in the NL. Oh, yeah. You said 26. Yaz was going to. Yeah, these guys are all saying Yaz. That's pretty nuts, though. I didn't know and, he was that high in barrel. Yaz was going to be my next guest until you said 26 and shortstop. And I was like, oh, there it goes. Yeah, Yaz is like 29. <laughs> yeah, he's like 29 or 30. And I'm like, I'm waiting for him to get traded because it looks like he had that late career breakout and I'm kind of buying in. But all right. So now we can get to the content. That, that was fun. I always enjoy the trivia. That's my first win, Mike. My first yeah, win with yeah. Eric here, which I yeah. always, when it comes to Eric, I'm- I always win on against Eric in life on Twitter. Oh, okay. He, but, he wishes, but I'm your, I'm your good luck charm for this game. Oh, is that what that is? Uh, yeah, you know what it is? is that, that when we sat next to each other back in first pitch, Florida, I, you rubbed off on me and I've had your luck ever since. That's what it there is. You go. <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness, people have come to know our antics on Twitter, Eric, you and I kind of go back and forth. So I'm going to start off with a little bit of fun. You, I was like, obviously at the beginning of the season, Hampson was a big pile of, yeah, you can finish the sentence there. Since then, he's let off like seven straight. He's hitting everything and looking great. So I I won for a little bit. You get the victory lap now. But who really gets the victory lap? Because we both, in the same comment, recommended dropping him right before he right. started getting lead off. This yeah. is why I hate the short season. Because in a, in a typical season, I don't know about you, but I probably wouldn't have recommended dropping him. I would have said just right. hold tight and see what's going on. But has I guess this is kind of like... How are you reacting? Like, are you like, are you kind of like a, a quick trigger? Are you more of a quick trigger type of guy right now? Or are you still being patient? I know Mike and I kind of differ. Um, I've been very quick to pull the trigger. I dropped Paxton before the last good start he had, which I still didn't start him in leagues. I had him because I wasn't trusting him. But it's a long-winded way of saying, have you adapt? How have you adapted to the short season so far? Yeah, no, I'm more on the quick trigger right now because you kind of have to be. You can't let these guys struggle for too long because. You know, ten games is you know sixth of the season instead of you know a tenth of the season. So um, with Hampson, I'm just glad that he's finally getting the consistent playing time. It's kind of hard to get any momentum when you're starting what two or three times a week. You know, start on okay. Monday, start again on Thursday. So um, I'm finally glad that they actually realize that he is the best leadoff option in their entire organization, in my opinion. Uh, with his context, you know, skills, OBP skills, and and speed. Um, it's finally giving him a chance to run with it, and even even hitting his righties, which is something you pointed out in your lineup takeaways. I saw, so I'm just glad he's 
in there against lefties yeah. and righties now. He was platooning for the literally he was platooning right. up until randomly three days ago. They had yeah. a run they had a run of like four straight lefties or three straight lefties, which was crazy. And then when a righty came out, it was like one of those, all right, let's wait and see, let's wait and see. And he, they kept him leading off. It was like, wow, okay, cool. So I went from being really right to being really wrong, which can happen like that this season. Yeah. Mike, why have you been more likely to be you've been more patient than I have? Like as, well, as much no, as we talk. it just depends on the uh, it depends on the player and where you took them. Um, I mean, if it's someone that you took late or you're you know you added in the beginning of the year or something, like I have no problem with it. But if it's an early draft pick that you already put, um, you know, like capital into, I would rather just still wait a little bit. So I mean, we could see we're already seeing how quick things change. Like Mike Curlin was taking a victory lap over Di Scalfani. Look what happened. Oh, to that. oh I was now, waiting for you. It. You know, I'm taking a shot. So now and like you know, um, the, and like now his numbers look terrible. It's or even Chatwood. Chatwood started off ridiculous, and he had one bad start, and now he was like over five ERA. So it's just like things can change so quickly. Um, it, and it's just I just feel though. like it, I was talking about this. Uh, I, I did a pod last night, night with Shelly and um, it's so weird because it's such a short season and you want to look at metrics. You like really shouldn't be, but you kind of have to anyway, because like it's such a short season. It's just like, so like frustrating because you want to look into things, but you really can't, but you're doing it anyway. <laughs> I was going to say, because you know, like none of these stats are really technically viable yet. So I think like, what we're, we're looking we're, at nothing essentially, but we have to in hopes that it actually ends up meaning something because it's such a short season. Well, that's what I was going to get at was um, that's why all my analysis has been geared more towards, Hey, I'm seeing a change here that could lead to this. Not like a, Hey, this is who he is because of this. It's more of a, Short season, this is what I'm finding early on. This is what you need to watch out for. This could delay him from getting back on track, i.e. P. Alonso. I was really anti-Alonso coming in. He seems to be getting his swing back a little bit the last couple of games. We'll see how that goes. I mean, facing, what, Voth and and who was the other guy they faced yesterday? Um, Anibal Sanchez. Those are that. If anything helps, that will do it. But, like, in all seriousness, it's like, the reason why I was concerned wasn't the skill set. I believed long term he'd be fine. It was a we don't have enough time for him to slump and figure it out. It's 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 like it's like crap or get off the pot. See, I'm using my good language tonight, and uh, and that's where my analysis has taken me. Has been more or less like looking for tangible change that might stick, or a reason behind a hot start, or a reason behind a cold start, and explain that and give that like, hey, this is why I'm buying into this hot start. But I'm not ready to say, hey, this is sustainable. But we do have a question for you, Eric, before we go to you. Go back to you anyway. What is Lewis Roberts' dynasty ranking ceiling? Same as Acuna with uh, with the power ceiling combo, uh, power speed combo, I mean, sorry. Uh, it's pretty close to Acuna. I wouldn't say quite Acuna because Acuna has better contact skills than Robert does, I believe. But, yeah, he, you know, when it comes to just look at power and speed, it's hard to find many that have a higher power speed ceiling than Luis Robert has. He has 30 to 35 homer pop. He has, you know, the speed. He's one of the fastest guys in the game at any level. So he could be a 40 plus steal guy. But it's all going to be about, you know, how much contact he makes, the approach. Uh, I, was, I was looking at his, some of his numbers here since you had him on the the rundown here, and you know his issues that were in the minor leagues. Even though he hit like 332 last year, they're very apparent right now. With a 48.90 swing and a 25.7 swing strike rate, and his contact's only 58.4%. So hmm. there's still, even though he's you know very exciting to watch, you know he hits the ball hard. I think he'd be one of those guys that can survive with a higher BABIP just because of how hard he hits the ball and that speed. Um, but he's going to have to improve that plate approach and not stop chasing so much. So if he, if he can at least hit just like 270, which I think is possible with, with an adjustment, you know, he could be you know a top five dynasty asset. You, know, you factor in 25, 30, plus home runs, 40 steals or so. Yeah, this guy could be a top five player pretty soon. And yeah, that was actually his next question from Nate Ender Endress is, uh, in other words, how high can he rise? So you just kind of answered that. And I just, of course, for fun, because I was like, like, again, this is one of those roller coaster rides. Because I was really, I, I was really like, oh man, I'm really wrong on Robert. He started off hot. He was hitting the ball like crazy. He was getting on base. He was doing everything, stealing bases, everything we all th- thought he would do or would hope he would do. Again, another guy I faded coming into the year. And then since then, he's like, I just looked, over, looked back at the last 10 days. He's batting 143, 182, 238 with a 31.8% K rate over the last 10 days. 
So <laughs> like he's kind of showing the ups and downs that come with a rookie that come with a guy who's so raw. And like you said, just has, has the inability to hit breaking pitches at, at the, at least not, I shouldn't say inability, but he's still learning. He's still growing into that part, the whole recognizing yep. uh, movement and all that on the pitches. So, all in all, I'm not feeling too bad about this, but I am loving the new feature of Stackcast data because I'm seeing exit velocity on here, which oh, wasn't absolutely. here like the other day. Mm-hmm. So I'm really right. enjoying this. Fangraphs, shout out to you. Speaking of Fangraphs, yeah, oh my god, I, awesome. I can't believe I forgot to mention this at the top of the show. You weren't here last week, Mike, uh, but or it just happened. But Mike, part of the Fangraphs team, it's a huge accomplishment. Honestly, congratulations, man. How's it feel? Uh, you got you got an ovation. It wasn't standing. I still don't even. Uh, I don't know. Have I, have I seen my mind? <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It, it was weird. I took, obviously, I took like a screenshot on my phone. <laughs> well, yeah, naturally. That's why I see it forever. It's crazy. And I was like joking with my friends too. I was like, I just want one post. I was like, one of my posts out there. I was like, all right, I don't care anymore. I was like, I'm just going to retire. Can you, yeah, go ahead and delete, delete your account. I'll take your followers. Yeah. Everybody follow me at Mike <laughs> underscore Curlin and unfollow SP streamer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but in all seriousness. So again, we're going to talk about more rookies. You kind of talk about Robert there. So we can kind of just transition to the a couple names on this list. And my love for Kyle Lewis no, knows no bounds and <laughs> it's been well documented, <laughs> but I'm fully aware of how unrealistic his, his mm. current production is going to, as, as far as continuing. But he has the pedigree. He is a former first-round pick. What are your thoughts on Kyle Lewis in the short-term and long-term, Eric? Yeah, so with Lewis, you know, I am, I'm a believer in Lewis. Obviously, like you mentioned, not at this level. But the, the power is legit. You know, I always thought, that even when he came out of Mercer, that you know, this was a 30-plus homer bat. You know, he had that devastating knee injury, which really derailed his, you know, career for, you know, better part of two seasons or so. Um, so didn't really get really get his footing back till about last year uh, when he came up, and uh, yeah, that power's legit. You know, does strike out a bit much, not crazy levels, but he's at twenty seven point four percent this year. I mean, that's not great, but not too too terrible either. And he's been walking a little bit more. I like that ten point seven percent. But really, he's gonna be the power's gonna be most of his value. I think he can hit yeah. okay, have an okay average. I don't think he'll ever hit like three hundred, but. You know, 260 to 280 in that general ballpark. Unfortunately, you know, that speed aspect is probably gone. He might add a handful of steals a year, but, you know, he was probably a 10 to 15 steal guy when he came in. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, average, a little slightly above average sp- speed, um, but that knee injury just kind of killed that. But what, uh, if what you MLB like player would you like relate him to, Eric? Um, That's a good question. Maybe, I think maybe best case scenarios, maybe like, uh, Cassianos, maybe that's probably what you're hoping for at peak. Yeah, but it's kind of in that batting average would be the issue there. Right? Yeah, it'd be a little lower on the batting average, but same similar power, a little bit lower on the batting yeah. average. Hmm. All right, yeah, because I'm you look at it and you look at him. I don't know if you saw. Um, I did actually find that he was one of the bigger swing changes as far as the most notable from last year. This year, he's more upright. He's but he's not. He's actually making way better contact. But he's been hitting hitting just as many ground balls. Unfortunately, he's a guy that last year fifty one percent ground ball rate. This year forty six. But the line drives have really gone up, so that can help sustain that you know batting average floor a little bit. So maybe he's maybe he's sacrificing a little bit of power for some more all around game, and he's not pulling the ball as much. I mean, his pull rate wasn't high that last year. It was only thirty point two percent. So and this year it's only twenty six point nine percent, hitting it mostly up the middle. I'm almost wondering if, like, with this, you know, with the swing and miss in his game, with not hitting a ton of fly balls, and the line drive rate being kind of his bread and butter right now, this kind of reminds me of like a Domingo Santana, as far as like, like that's the comp that came to mind with him, as far as somebody who's going to strike out a lot but can be, and like you said, the sneaky little bit of steals he gives you. With we know ten is like a, an upside upside slash ceiling he could offer. He has one this year, but I think more realistically, five to seven in a, in a year is probably the most you should expect at at most. My point is, though, is Domingo Santana like a good, like a good Domingo Santana? What we've seen with the Brewers is, is something I would, I could see. That's kind of the comp that comes to mind. Yeah, I like that one. And um, again, we'll just keep rolling through here. But Mike, I know you, again, I know you're not the prospect guy by any means, Simeone, but you have had a chance to see Nate Pearson this year. What are your early takeaways on him? Yeah, I so I looked into him a little bit. Um, I mean, he really just had this one bad game uh, recently, oh, yeah. but. I mean, I noticed, so he tries to, uh, which is, you know, smart and what you want to see him do. He's try he tries to put his four seam at the top of the zone a lot. And when he has so far this year, he hasn't allowed a hit. Um, but obviously, you know, 
some command issues. He does leave it over the plate sometimes, which obviously leads to hits. So I feel like as long as he grabs that command back, um, you know, the, the four seam is great as above average vertical movement. Um, you know, the slider and change up are performing pretty well. So I think he'll be fine. Like he doesn't, I wouldn't be worried. I think this might just be, you know, just like typical, um, like rookie woes type of thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I would definitely hold, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I just, I feel that. like going forward, I mean, I don't know, um, this, I feel like the strikeouts are probably going to come, but I don't know. I don't know if he's really going to meet the hype, at least for this year, personally. And Eric, we're gonna we, we have to go back and talk about a guy you love in Kalenic, so we'll get to that. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, because I forgot he Mike. is not mentioned on this podcast. Yeah, Simeon's a no, 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 he's a Mets fan. I can already yeah. tell you, he's a Mets fan. So yeah. anyway, before we get to Kalenic, and we have another question by Nate, uh, I want to hear about your thoughts on Pearson early on and what you thought about him in general coming up, and if this is kind of meeting your expectations. Again, small sample, just made his debut, but ultimately, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, you know, kind of like what Mike said, you know, you've had the one bad start, two pretty solid ones. You know, that's pretty typical for a rookie. I'm not jumping ship yet just because of one bad start. You know, with that fastball, you know, Mike said how he works up in the zone. That's what I saw in my life looks last year in double A. But he tends to overthrow it at times. Like he can pump 102 whenever he wants to, but it's when he's, he has that command. Like he can command it when he, he tries to overthrow his fastball, it'll straighten out a little bit and then it gets hit. but yeah, he's one. He's one of the more impressive guys I've ever seen come up through as a pitcher, come up through the minors. You know that fastball obviously is elite when he's commanding it. The slider is absolutely filthy. You know that's you know throws it around ninety miles an hour, eighty you know high eighties into the low nineties with huge late break. Now that's easily a double plus pitch. Curve and changeup are you know, at least you know solid third and fourth offerings. Um, when he's when he's commanding them, but that's that's been the thing for him. Like he's shown that he can command his his pitches, but not really consistently. And you know, part of that is due to you know, earlier on he had you know a couple injuries and didn't really get a chance to really you know start regularly until last year. And then they took the kid gloves off around July or August, finally kind of let him loose. Um, but I, I'm very you know very much in on him long term, and even this season, you know he's a, he's a perfect example too of you know the sell high for you – know, I like to sell rookies high right about now. Like, I mean, even then Kyle Lewis, like, if they come up and they look pretty good, like, that buzz for them is huge. Um, like, I am, I am a sister to Joe Adele in redraft for um, for Dansby Swanson, you know, which would have been great. I didn't, couldn't pull it off. But, you know, if, if you can sell high on Pearson right now or a Kyle Lewis, I probably would in redraft. You know, if you can get, like, an established piece that, you know, you know is going to give you that production. You know, Pearson could absolutely he could be a top twenty-five starter this year. He has that type of ceiling, but is that really realistic for a rookie pitcher? Probably not. No. Well, I I didn't Especially put him on the, in a shortened season. Yeah, I didn't put yeah. him, I didn't put him on the notes, but we're gonna have to do a, a quick. I don't know how I forgot about him. No one called me out. How I forgot to put Spencer Howard in the notes. So we're gonna have to figure that yeah. one out. But yeah, but I mean, we have so much to get to right now. He hasn't really played. Yeah, but I want to get more because I, I I actually retweeted a really good thread by Wow. Uh, HQ Brent Hershey, I think it was from HQ that um because he's seen a lot of them was really talking about a lot of his stuff. So I'll get your thoughts on him in a moment, Eric. But let's talk about Kalenic. While yeah. on the Mariners, which we've passed it since. This is where I exit. Yeah, I'd love to hear more about Clinic. Before anything, I gotta give him a shout out. He made me this awesome coaster. I'm a I'm a baseball card guy. I'm a Gary Sheffield guy oh, too. Like, is that Chef? Nice. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Bronze <laughs> fan. I grew up emulating the uh you saw I put the Mariners hat when we talked about Kyle Lewis though. I bought this just because of Kyle Lewis, by the way. I didn't yeah. even realize you switched hats. <laughs> <laughs> you only had one drink. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Sheffield. It's a coaster he made me out uh, with a, with Sheffield's card in the middle because I grew up as a Sheffield fan, one of my favorite players to play. So shout out to him as well. But regardless, let's get back to his question. Kalenic, Mike is in forever <sighs> gonna be watching this kid just kill his hopes and dreams as a Mets. I fan. think I actually commented on one across his tweets because i felt like you kept talking about him i said can you not talk like tweet about him again well now, now that we have him here hey eric feel free to talk about him as long as you like buddy slow slow and steady, i will man. hang up trust me <laughs> we'll keep going you're you are you have no value anymore sir kalenic dude kalenic Kal- oh, <laughs> is so freaking good like he, he's one of those guys where not 
not one area of his game like really, really stands out. He doesn't have a huge power, huge speed. He's not gonna hit 330, anything like that. But everything he does is just really, really good. And he could be a 300 hitter. He could hit 25 to 30 home runs, 25 to 30 steals. It's every part of his game, you know, on the scouting grades, I'd put all, you know, hit tool, power, speed, all as plus. The kid, the kid just knows his swing is absolutely gorgeous. You know, he, he, we all look at Griffey's swing as being the, one of the most beautiful swings ever, and I agree with that. But go look at this kid swing a bat. It's so quick. The hands are lightning quick. It's such a smooth, right direct to, through the zone to the ball. Nice loft. This kid's just going to mash. Like, you know, like I said, like I, said you could see, I could see a 330-30 season out of him at some point. You know, when he gets 25, 26 years old. I really could. This, this kid, he's a pretty good outfielder, too. You know, his, his offense really is what people see. But he's a solid enough outfielder. I think he can stick in center field long term. He's got enough range. You know, okay arm out there. But, um, yeah, I am all in. Like I, I think I tweeted this, like, several months ago. that He has a – when you combine ceiling and floor for fantasy, it might be a better combination than even Wander Franco because – Wander Franco obviously has the you know robust hit tool, but he doesn't quite have the speed that Kalenic has. You know, he might not even have the power. You know, power might be similar, but you know, Kalenic is just that perfect blend of upside, floor, does everything well, doesn't hurt you in any one area. So yeah, he's. I'm sorry, he's going to be a stud for a long time. So he's he hurts Mike gonna, in every so he's, so not going to be as good as Robinson Cano is what you're saying. A prime Robinson Cano, maybe not the Mets version who can't stay off the IL, which I still miss calling it the DL. Like, totally, uh, I still that. do that from time to time, too. I'll, I'll be typing an article, I'll put DL, got backspace, IL. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so my phone has picked it up, but then my, my phone's also picked up when I try to write the word up, it changes it to IP, like for innings pitched. I'm like, eh, <laughs> it could be worse. I mean, at least my phone's picking up the fact that, oh, LHP and RHP auto correct now. It's all caps. My phone's getting <laughs> it. My phone's totally yeah. getting it now. I, I was, I just got to that point with my old phone, but I had to get a new phone. So now I'm, I'm training this one. They didn't talk a baseball keyboard for us baseball writers. Yeah. Know? Like, especially like, Acuna, like actually the other day for the first time, Acuna popped up with the Inye or like the, the over yeah, the end. Total. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. The first time ever. And then today I got called out on Twitter because I put Kike Hernandez about that with the little, without the little thing over the E. Someone oh, called yeah, me out on that. Like, seriously? I didn't. Yeah. Someone, someone's like, you should probably do that because it could hurt people. Like, whatever they said, it's mm. on the Twitter. You see it. I was like, no, I liked it because I was like, sure, that's fine. I'm not here to offend anybody. Right, but I might have just done it with, and unintentionally. Regardless, we'll move on. Right, sometimes, um, you just, sometimes you just don't think of it or don't even know. You know, yeah. yeah. I'm not trying. The yeah. last thing I'm trying to do is if, like I mispronounce names. Trust me, if someone tells me I'm wrong or explains me how to say them, I say I'm right for sure. Moving forward, okay, we're getting off. That's a whole other discussion. Let's talk about Vladdy. I love this discussion. Something tells me like, I'm concerned about him a little bit, but maybe you can talk about this ledge. Nate's asking us, uh, talk to me about Vladdy and Dynasty. He just picked. He just paid up for him, but he's having some buyer's remorse. I could speak from what I can see. I haven't watched a lot of them in the minor leagues. Obviously, the pedigree's there, the hit tools there. No one's questioning that. But dude, it looks like he put all that weight back that he lost during yep. the, during the downtime. Yeah. And then on top of that, his launch angle hasn't changed. It's still barely six degrees, like a little over six degrees. And yeah, sure, he's making a lot of contact. Good for him. It's not going to help it, when you're it hitting blows the ball. My in the mind ground. how early he was going in drafts. He's he's personally. Well, he had, he, last year he had a solid second half. Yeah. I think people were buying. I think people were buying into the growth they saw in the second half of last year. But the problem is, is he started. He's starting off this year with last year his ground ball rate was forty nine point six percent for the whole year. This year it's starting off at sixty two point five. He might be crushing the ball, but he's crushing it right into the freaking ground. <laughs> like his his hard hit rate is in the eighty third percentile. He's hitting. He's hitting. He has a fifty percent hard hit rate. His exit velocity is top ten percent in the league, and it's yeah. going straight into the freaking ground. It doesn't yeah. help at all. Like he's not. Look at him. He's, the, he's, yeah, not gonna, he's not going to outrun anything. It's because he can't swing. <laughs> it's, it's not, not ideal when you're yeah 250 pounds. You, you're D Gordon or Malik Smith. Great, yeah. you put that ball on the ground and you utilize that speed. But yeah, yeah. I, I love you, Vladdy. But yeah, you shouldn't be trying to out outrun anything. <laughs> with, with that said, though, are you are you is there some concern with the? Uh, and the, uh, let, let me speak as somebody who's overweight. Like, I get that. Like, <laughs> I, I'm, like if I had to swing a bat and run, I, ain't, I I probably roll faster. Like, I ain't running down first base that fast. But you know why that's – going back to ground ball rate, it goes to show you why ground ball rate can help, like, if you're a faster runner because Kyle Lewis, even with the knee injury, his sprint speed is still in the 78th percentile. So, you know, he can still get it. He can still – it'll play to the Babbitt, play to his ground ball rate. 
his ground ball rate's still not as bad as Vladdy's right now. Vladdy's in like I said, sixty-two point five percent. But what are your thoughts long term? Are you concerned? Do you think he'll eventually adjust? I know he's never had to have that work ethic because it always came naturally easy to him. But he's obviously struggling. I mean, even if you look at breaking pitch, breaking balls this year, I pulled. Oh, I dropped. I jumped off the page. I went back to Kyle Lewis because I got so excited to talk about Kyle Lewis again. <laughs> but going back to Vladdy. Uh, last year he struggled. He had a two twenty-seven batting average against breaking pitches last year with the expected BA of two thirty. This year it's the same story: two thirty-five yeah. batting average against breaking pitches. Again, let's just get that caveat out of the way. It's a small sample. We get it. I don't need you to at me on Twitter about small samples. I I get it. We have the information. We're going back. There's a little track record of this, and he has an XBA of one seventy-eight this year. So obviously he's having a hard time identifying breaking pitches or at least hitting them. And he's struggling more than he should against fastballs and, and off-speed. If you look at off-speed last year, he crushed off-speed pitching last year. But this year, he, he it's again, that's really small. We're talking eight plate appearances. So there's really like nothing that he hasn't seen off off-speed. But regardless, I'm ranting. Give me, yeah, your, give me your long-term. You give me, I, I'm good at it. <laughs> because it's frustrating because the kid has the talent, the pedigree. He's not playing together. But regardless. Um, Maybe he's just he, not good. Well, he's, 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 like Prince, he's like Prince Fielder without the home runs right now. That's the problem. That's a that's, that's a great. Good, that's not a good thing. That's great. <laughs> Am I wrong all though? No, you're not. That's all Fielder did was freaking hit bombs. So if you, before if the neck, poor yeah, guy. If you're Fielder without the bombs, yeah, that's not good. That's that's what he is though. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, that's and, true. But regardless, are, are you worried about long term, or am I just like over? Am I, am I like blowing it up out of proportion right now? You know, I'm I'm a little worried. I think regardless. I think it was going to be really tough for Vlad to meet expectations just because Hall of Fame father, one of the best hitters, right-handed bats of all time. The hype on him, he might be the most hyped-up prospect to ever come through the minor yeah. leagues, right? Yeah. Now, Wander Franco is actually approaching that level right now. But, you know, maybe it's, it's, it's like Vlad, Harper, and, like, Wander Franco. Even Mike Trout didn't get, like, this level of buzz, you know. But – you mentioned that he's hitting everything into the ground, and you still you saw what he could do. Like, look at go back and watch video of that damn home run derby last year when he was hitting five hundred foot missiles. You know, obviously it's a home run derby, it's batting practice pitches. I get it, but you know, this is a guy that I saw the launch angle be fine in Double A. I saw him crank, you know, sit back on a curveball and crank at the opposite field, you know, for off the wall. So I've seen him do all these things that he needs to do. It's just that obviously he's facing much better pitching in the major leagues than he is in the double A Eastern League, obviously. But, you know, he's going to, with him, obviously, you're not getting any speed. So he's going to have to hit for high average. He's going to have to hit bombs. Like to hit, for him to meet expectations right now and be worth what his value, his cost is in Dynasty, he's going to have to hit like 300 plus with 40 bombs. And he's not there. He, he needs to get that launch. And you mentioned he's still hitting the ball really hard, but he needs to get that launch angle up. And I've seen him do that. So I, I still have confidence. Um, that he can do so, but man, it's 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 getting a little to the point where I'm starting to be concerned for sure. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of concerning, long term, I'm worried about this guy. But somebody had a trade question. They flipped Dansby Swanson for Jordan Jordan Alvarez in a 12 team head to head points league. That's absolutely the right move. This that was from Toronto away. Toronto away. Absolutely the right move. Swanson, not only was he overachieving a little bit, but he's striking out a ton. He's starting to come back down to earth. And yeah. strikeouts are usually negative one in most leagues, or at least negative 0.5 in most points leagues. So, and yeah, you pretty much sold high, which is great because Alvarez should be back probably by the end of next week at this point, at the very latest, it sounds like. He sounds like yeah. he's progressing. I'd say close, he, should, yeah. he should be back at least by probably maybe even the beginning of next week, which we, we, we can talk about Kyle Tucker, how he's going to be the one bumped out of that lineup. He will be. Unfortunately, <laughs> no, no, I, I had a, I had, I had a dream the other night that Dusty messed with Jordan's playing time. He was only playing Jordan like three games a week. It was, it's a nightmare. I, well, I he'll get, he'll get the, you know, the occasional day off just because he's they're easing them back. But yeah, I, if Dusty messes with, with Jordan's playing time more than that, I'm on, I'm on a flight to Houston. I'm ready to, you know, smash him skulls <laughs> in there. <laughs> well, here's my concern about Alvarez long term. The dude is like 20, what, 22, 23? I think he's yeah. like 23. And he played the field for like two games in the spring and his knees couldn't handle it. And yeah. he missed like two weeks. He was supposed yeah. to be day to day and that missed like a week and a half or two weeks with bad knees at 23 years old with a pretty long like list of injuries in the minors even. That's concerning. I mean, you're talking this guy has to be able to DH the rest of his career, it sounds like, or play first base at best. I'm just like, is would you even say in Dynasty, maybe you're better off selling high? Just that, although you could be giving up five good years, six good years of that bat. You're assuming that there's no setbacks to those knees at all, right? No, that, that's a, that's a good point because 
having you know knee injuries already, you know, and this isn't like it's not just been one knee injury; it's been a few. Um, at this age, it is it's concerning. So you wonder if he's ever going to play the field, or you got to have just a utility only guy. You know, Houston doesn't need to really play him in the field. They have plenty of options. They probably always will. You know, they always have the, those Josh Reddick types. So you don't need to play outfields. Kyle Tucker. You know, maybe he he put him at first base, like you mentioned, but you know. He, he's kind of like Vlad where obviously there's no speed there either. So he's going to have to hit, you know, I've seen him, you know, put as a top 20 dynasty and I put him myself as a top 20 dynasty yet thing. And I thought that was accurate at the time. I moved him down a little bit right now. So I think he's in the low twenties now, but he's going to have to hit for high, really high average and a lot of power. He's have to be basically JD Martinez. Can he be that? Absolutely. Could mm-hmm. be that, but uh, I wouldn't be banking on it. And if you can get that top 20, now if you can flip him for like, you know, Boba Shat or something like that, you know, a guy that I feel more confident in sustaining that high level of, you know, of uh, performance, I would probably do so. I mean, we see, like, you want to talk about a big power tool that might play. Don't get me wrong. We're seeing great success in, like, Nelson Cruz. But when you think of, like, a big guy having knee problems, you think of you think of Stanton instantly. Stanton comes to mind right away. And, sure, Stanton was great when he was healthy. But you're hoping again. We're you don't have to, and I'm seeing the comments blow up about him. Like, where is it? Uh, he doesn't have to. Stay, uh, doesn't have to. Stay like, how, how the heck? How the heck is this guy gonna hit when he can't stand in left field for a week? <laughs> and of course, people are saying he doesn't have to stand in left field. I get that. Like, trust me, the argument is valid. But he has to run the bases. And when you run the bases, yeah. like that, that we've seen again. Oh. We saw Stanton get hurt running the bases. He he wasn't playing the field. Difference in ages, I get that. Difference in wear and tear, I I understand that. But I, it's just one of those things that maybe maybe I'm maybe there's some recency bias. I'm not just selling for pennies. I'm not even trying to sell for for a discount. But if you if you have somebody willing to pay full price for him, I'm willing to get from under the he- the headache. That's what it yeah, is. Right. And yeah. someone just said Yordong is on Soto level. Chill out. No chance. No no chill out. <laughs> Soto plays the field. That already went up some. He's guaranteed yeah. playing time that way. Soto is an MVP within the next three years. Did you like, see that crazy tweet today? It was like he has 60 home runs, but he's younger than 60 people on top prospects or something, or 40. I don't remember what it was. He's still no. only 20. I think he'll be 22 in like October or something like that. So. You know, it's just 22. I think we all know this by now is Glaber Torres, and he's trash. But anyway. It was yeah, Soto uh, hit his that? 61st uh, MLB home run today, and Juan Soto is younger than 61 players on the top 100 prospects list. Love it. That's ridiculous. What did, yeah, well, where are all those? Uh, Torres is twenty three. I was really wrong. Where's that, that dude that was just like totally trolling me? Last like, oh, Glaber is much better than Soto. He has been. I've not heard from him since. <laughs> I haven't seen him in my Twitter feed this season. That's for sure. And honestly, none of us are doubting Glaber as far as the right. talent goes. We're doubt. We were just doubting him sustaining whatever the hell he did last year. That was the happy fun ball. This ball doesn't look the same. Although the ball started taking off again, so we don't know what's going on. And again, they're still talking about like your dong. I guess that's a good name for him. Is three hundred fifty dong? Yeah, like your dong. <laughs> yeah, your yeah. It's uh, honestly, that's probably his peak season. A three hundred batting average with fifty home runs. I get that. That's not really. I don't think that's ever going to happen. But realistically, sure, it could in theory. But I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm just more worried about the knees than anything long term. Again, not selling for nothing. You have to get what he's worth. All right, I think that's no. I'm just trying to try to feel. I'm trying. To, get through these questions here trying to make sure we touch on everything did you see what he gave up for vlad by the way he traded adele abrams and nick gonzalez for vlad oh that's l I mean, he put l he wrote l, l. yeah so, l. <laughs> so yeah, yeah l. If, if those three guys meet their ceilings yeah that's an l yeah and adele <laughs> are you concerned with adele at all because the dude's just swinging and missing it like a lot of stuff which he is kind that, of he was doing that last year he's kind of he's yeah. like robber he's far from a finished product he's Obviously, you know, you watch batting practice, and I saw him out at the AFL. He put it was him and, and Julio Rodriguez were the two, you know, most put on the best batting practice displays. He's got huge raw power to all fields. He's a 40 home run bat in the making. But he, the approach with him, it's it's still a little raw, not quite as raw as Luis Robert, but you know, it doesn't walk a ton, chases a little bit too much. Um, but you, you see, you saw a um, it was a post game like Zoom you know, video with him and um, reporters are asking question. This kid, he know he's a very smart player. He has his head on straight. He knows what he needs to do to get better. Uh, and, he, and he knows where he knows what he's, he's struggling at. So I still have confidence in him. You know, I don't think he's going to be, you know, a 
MVP or anything like that. So I think you know the average probably two seventy two eighty. He could if he runs as much as he has. Yeah, he has thirty steel wheels. Just if he wants to run that much. But you know, I'm still very in on Adele. But this year, you know, I definitely, you know, that's why I thought Lux was a better play than him this year. Says so Lux mm-hmm. is safer, even though he hasn't been starting, obviously. But you know, Adele is just like like Robert. It's the ups and downs, peaks and the huge peaks, huge valleys. He'll go on a he'll go on a stretch like next week. Oil probably hit like four home runs in five games, something like that. But then he'll go on another one of these two for twenty stretches. So. It's just when you have this type of you know approach, you're going to get exposed to major league pitching. That's what's happened. Uh, by Amazing. the way, real quick, Darvish just lost his no hitter. How, how far to a Justin far? Smoke home run just in the seventh? It's always <laughs> some like not good player. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Justin Mike Smoke. Trout busting up no hitters. It's like Justin Smoke. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Eric Sogar. Guys, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hit an eighth in the order. Yeah. <laughs> well, these days the eight hole hitter is actually ne- not always bad. Like they're the way they've seen some of these teams treat the bottom of their lineup. You're wishing like like why is Victor Robles? Maybe that's why Victor Robles is struggling. The guy doesn't get an opportunity to hit higher. His confidence is shot. He's like, what the hell is this? What did I do to deserve this? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> now you've earned it. But before that, maybe you didn't. But uh, yeah, sorry. And people are still talking about um, you don't have to play the field in fantasy. We get that. I'm not trying to say you have to, but we're just where I was talking about running the bases. You have to do that regardless. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's um again, I, it's just one of those small concerns I have. Again, going back to and we're talking about your, Jordan Alvarez. I keep messing up his name, and somebody and he just same guy commented. Carlson's about to destroy Adele. I love Carlson. That goes back to last year. He was a guy that I felt like happy to find on a lot of my leagues before his his, his he blew up because he kind of came out of nowhere. I think he going back to Kalenic. I feel like Carlson's like a floor type of player without that ceiling though the solid steady 15 15 maybe 20 20 270 to 280 type is that the kind of vibe you have with him too cross uh, i say a little more power you know i think people think he's gonna be a 20 plus steel guy because what he showed last year he had 20 mm. steals and 125 games but i think more long term he's more of like a i think 10 to 15 steel guy could be you know approaching 30 i think he has some 30 home run seasons in him maybe like you know high 20s low 30s you know, 12 to 15 steals in that range. I think you're right on with the average, 270 to 280. Um, yeah, he's, yeah, his ceiling isn't as high as Adele, but he, I would feel safer about Carlson this year because the approach is a lot better. He's more advanced. He walks more. He strikes out less. Um, not as many, not as many, you know, pitch recognition issues with Carlson. So I, I would feel safer about rostering him this year, even though I'd still say the upside with Adele is higher. And what do you think about Alec Bohm? He made his, uh, start his first mm-hmm. career start tonight. I know he got. I know he got a double in his first at bat, and I didn't really see what happened after that. But the hit, the hit tool is kind of always being has been said to be ready. It's always been his fielding, but I think actually it was his his glove this time. Like this is a true case of the glove being an issue. Um, are you thought? What are your thoughts on Alec Bohm? I mean, he went one for four tonight, by the way, with a double and a K. But yeah, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I, I like Bohm. He, he's one of those sneaky good players that. Kind of goes under the radar, even though he's you know considered a top prospect. But you know, coming out of the was it the two thousand yeah two thousand eighteen draft where he was number three pick, I think it was at a Wichita State. He was one lauded as one of the most advanced bats in that class, maybe the most advanced bat. I know there was Nick Magical there too, but you know this is a guy where you see the hit tool is great, the approach is great. Doesn't for a guy with his power plus power thirty home run you know upside there. Doesn't strike out much at all. Walks a fair amount. Gonna be a solid, you know, 370, 380 OBP guy. Average probably 280, 290. You know, maybe even flirt with some 300 seasons in that range. Um, obviously, no speed. This guy's very, very slow. I saw him out of the box and out in the AFL, and it was like I, I could win a foot race with Alec Baum. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, the, the, the at the plate is obviously where his values are to be, not on the bases. And this guy is going to be. He's not gonna be a stud, like he's not a Yordan in the making. But you know, like I said, you know, 280, 290, 30 bombs, good OBP. You know, maybe the guy that settles in is like a top back end top fifty fantasy player at peak. I think that's realistic for him. Whether that's a third or first DH, who knows? Like I said the defense. You know, he's a he's a decent arm, but yeah, defense footwork over third isn't great. So I think probably first base long term. If I had to, you know, guess where he ends up. Um, but his bat will play at either spot. 
Right. Quick plug to Mike. D- dude, great call on Peterson Streamer. Should have listened to you. Uh, this is the <laughs> underscore. Thanks, man. He's been in our comments all night, loving it. Mike, even I listened to you on that one, buddy. I streamed him too. And I was so nervous for that. To story. be completely no honest, idea. you're you're killing it. People that don't know, I had no if, faith in that pick. If people are listening, don't don't know don't know. I said it though. Doing. I put it in my article. I was like, do not stream today. <laughs> yeah, but you yeah, know, that strike got right up, Mike. As yeah. as I can right now. Ah, uh, yeah. No, I'm not like a you know. K per nine. Uh, I'm like a strikeout per inning. <laughs> That's actually pretty, pretty good. Pretty good though for streamers, I guess. But yeah, so I'm just gonna plug your work, Mike, because you've been doing great. You deserve all the credit you're getting. When don't worry though, when you go through a bad run, you'll hear yeah. it all the same. Oh, buddy. I'll hear it. Trust me, <laughs> it's brutal. When you're doing good, no one says anything. When you're doing bad, everybody says everything. So. Oh yeah, that's how it works, dude. And it's gonna happen. I'm telling you, like a. You, you're you're streaming streaming you know streamers so like someone's gonna blow up it's gonna happen oh but. yeah Vince Velasquez will happen again and uh, yeah. you'll never you'll never pick them again but that type of production will come yeah um we have about 10 minutes here let's get through some of these names I don't even know why do you hate Dustin May I guess I have to ask you that <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah before that, you yeah. go to the dynasty aspect actually Mike have you looked into him at all and what are your thoughts on him early in the season um, yeah, so you know what it is? Um I I'm I'm kind of with Eric on this. So oh. well if you're with him, I'm gonna tell Eric to talk. I was gonna let you kind of talk about the why do you hate Dustin May? <laughs> so, yeah, why do you hate Dustin May? No, you know what it is not that I hate him. Um I mean I th- I feel like he just gets the hype because of the one pitch that looks absolutely ridiculous. It's a backward um, slider. <laughs> and it's and it's an amazing pitch, but when you really like look at him. I don't see really anything else. I mean, and the K's aren't coming and the K rate isn't, you know, like I, I think his K rate is going to drop even more. Um, so I just, I just think as of right now, he's limited really to one pitch and, um, you know, I don't think, and without any strikeouts, yeah, I guess the ratios will probably be there in the end, but what does that really, you know, how does that really separate him from someone like Dobnak right now? Well, we talked about Dobnak already. Like, do, you, <laughs> do you really want to go that route again? I mean, gosh. But yeah, what do you? Okay, so back to Eric. Why do you hate Dustin May as well? And why are we? Uh, <laughs> why are we uh, selling high on him? So is this specifically in Dynasty, or you mean in general? In general, really, because you know, I just traded. Um, you'll like this, Mike. So I think this is a player you like. Uh, just in the redraft league, um, Roto, I traded uh, Dustin May for Josh Bell. About a couple days ago, that wasn't me. Because <laughs> no, no, I, no. I liked no, Bell a lot last to... year. Oh, Simeon, you mean? No, me? no, I, I thought you were a big Bell guy, aren't you? Big Bell guy, Curlin? me? Oh, I, no, I, I, I was last year. Oh, Curlin. Yeah. Oh, you were okay. Last year, yeah. I was. This year, I was off of him because I just wasn't. I was like, I think what it was is I got kept getting a lot of Jose Abreu falling like around before him. I kept just getting a bunch of Jose Abreu compared to Josh Bell. Josh Bell yeah. kept going in that weird area where I just always needed something else. So I wasn't necessarily off of Bell this year. I just, but anyway, it doesn't matter. I was in on him last year, but right now Bell, I don't even know. I haven't looked at him. I don't own a single share. I don't think I haven't looked at yeah. anything he's done. Has he done he, anything this year? No, not really. And I'm, and I'm. That was a buy low. Then. Uh, yeah, I'm not even a Bell guy either. But yeah, for, for Dustin May. Obviously, the hype is there right now because of what you see from Rob Freeman and everyone else on Twitter posting yep. these overlays of his of his two seamer and his cutter, two seamer and his curve. You know that's great and all. That's it's fun to look at. I love watching him cork a ninety nine mile an hour two seamer with like twenty inches of horizontal movement. You, you gotta love that if you're a baseball. Not even, oh, if you're amazing! Baseball, you, you gotta love that. You know, it's yeah. what makes one of the many reasons why I love this game. But in terms of for fantasy, like I said, the Ks aren't there because just in general, while you you can make Manny Machado look foolish on it and you can get, you know, a lot of clicks on Twitter, you know, it's not a big swing and miss offering. Like you look at his, I think his whiff rate on the two-seamer and his um, and a very small sample size, I think he's already pitched like 60 innings probably, but it's only like 13%. You know, and that's a pitch he throws right around 52% of the time in his career. So, you know, if you have a, a pitch throwing over half the time only has that type of, you know, whiff rate, you're not gonna get a lot of strikeouts. I think he could. I think he could pick up the strikeout rate because he has a pretty good curveball, but he only throws it ten percent of the time. You know, so it's got good movement on it. So I think if he up that usage to like just fifteen to twenty percent, I think he could be get up over a, a K per inning. But he hasn't shown that he, really that he wants to do that. He wants to rely on that two seamer and the cutter. 
for 90% of his yeah. offerings. Doesn't have a changeup. Now he throws like he's done like three this year. He doesn't have a changeup. Um, if he if he developed a changeup, even an average one, I think that'd be a huge boon to Destin May. So I think he's like I mentioned in my article, like he's a guy I think is gonna be a very good pitcher for a very long time. You know, maybe in the Kyle Hendricks mold where he's got low ratios, K rate is okay, not great, but that keeps him out of the that elite tier with the Beavers, you know, and the Scherzers and all of them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's that strikeout raise. It's only like twenty two percent for his career, which is solid. But it's not, you know, it's not gonna put you in the elite territory. And we had two questions. One from Brent is Dustin May a Dylan Bundy type? And Ow. then Ouch. no. All right, we'll skip that. We'll uh, you can drop you can drop in on that if you want more. But then we have May is what I feel like Sixto is going to be, which I'll be happy with. Should be far more K's with that stuff. Yeah, Sixto is kind of the same way. You look at their minor league numbers, and they're pretty similar. Where you know pretty solid ratios, but the keyword has not been there. And Sixto has great stuff. It's just, he's the one that should be missing more bats than he is. But yeah, as of right now, you know, we'll see if that if he can start missing more bats of that when he gets up to the Marlins, which I think should be this year, maybe. Um, he could just be another Dustin May type where he's just a you know a good number two for a very long time, um, a guy that you know you can rely on to be you know a number two, number three guy on your fantasy staff. But you know, and you need that K rate. You know, when do you ever see a fantasy ace with a K rate of like eight? You know, you don't. Uh, Never. I, I feel like I that's why I'm trying to find Soroka. Soroka's career, it's like 7.3. I love Soroka. Very good arm. And I think he's another going have a long career. And in the, in the uh, injury sucks, but, you know, he's another one. He doesn't strike out many guys. He's a ground Thank ball you. pitcher. He pitches yep. the contact. He, Kyle Hendricks. You know, yeah, exactly. And that's nothing wrong with that. But if you're if you're thinking there'd be a fantasy ace, you just can't do it with a kid right like that. No yeah. Max Freed. He's not Max Free. <laughs> of course, Mike has to do it. Uh, so, again, we're, we have about five minutes left. Let's just run through a couple more of these names. More long lines of stashing, or guys that are being stashed right now, or guys that just aren't getting the playing time. You have a guy like Carter Keyboom. He was getting everyday playing time when Howie Kendrick left the lineup with his injury. They had those days off because of the postponed games and all that. Kendrick uh, Hendrick came back healthy, and now Kiboom is in a short side platoon or weak side platoon. Is he? Like, I've already said drop people, and I've regretted it. But I've said drop him before. I'm going to say drop him again. Where are you? Where are you guys at, Mike? Are you dropping Kiboom right now in his current situation? Yeah, I mean, I actually have him in a league, and uh, not only that. I mean, I feel like, I mean, I haven't uh, fully looked at his stats, but I feel like he hasn't really done much either when in the lineup. Um, well, it doesn't help when you're bad at hitting twice a week. Well, yeah, no, I know, but I, I'm saying even when he was playing, like even when he, he was, wasn't, he was wasn't. hitting for good average. That's about it. Okay, yeah. So, um, was. yeah, I felt like he wasn't doing much. I actually just dropped him early. I there just added someone for it. So, yeah, but he's a drop. Absolutely. But in in terms of dynasty, I I don't see any. I have no concerns with the hit tool or anything. I think he's gonna be a solid guy. I, I don't think you need to worry long term, but this year he's just not ha- ha- having it. And then the D backs handling of our show is going to give me gray hair. Hashtag free doll <laughs> from hello <laughs> underscore I am Ryan. Well, hello, I am Ryan. I am Mike. And we agree with that message. <laughs> and <laughs> we can move on. Gavin Lux, like no one saw this oh, coming. So when he got annoying. Sent, and he got sent down. We expect him to be up relatively soon. They're starting Chris Taylor like every day in the middle of the field somewhere. Why I had him in like up? literally every league. I had him in TGFBI. Yep. I, I had I had yep. him. I had Brutal. Puig. I had him. I had yeah. Puig. I had um. Who else got? I had. I lost so many pieces. Where in the are league. you in TGFBI? Mike, like five hundred. I'm legitimately like there. I think there's only like three ninety something entries. I'm at three seventy seven or something. I have <laughs> <give it> up. <laughs> I've mailed that team in. By far my worst team. But if you but see, it's frustrating because if you look at my like DCs and my other the main event I'm in, I'm in first. I'm in second. I'm in fourth. But the one like industry league that's like all like industry for everybody. I'm like dead last. Like it's I'm mystery relevant. Welcome to TGFBI. Yeah, that's why I need to stick to <laughs> stick to analysis and not play leagues, I guess. Because I'm really good at giving advice. I promise. I, I've done really well, actually. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah, matter. Just, when just like want... how you told everyone to take D. Scafani. Yeah, it worked out for two out of three starts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's something I said that you screwed up too, Mike. I got to think about it, which is which is everything. Oh, who I've been wrong on? Well, I've been yeah. extremely wrong on Lamette, but I'm still standing behind it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But I was kind of with coming. you. It's coming. He's going to crash. It's coming. I, I was in on him, and then I was out because of the price. 
And now it's like, mm. well, who's jokes on me too? But yeah, anyway, Gavin Lux, what is going on there? Are you stashing them? Are you just saying screw it and like moving on at this point, Eric? In in redraft, I'm saying screw it, moving on because like you mentioned Chris Taylor, Kiki Hernandez. You know they don't have this huge need. Like Dodgers are going to make the yeah. playoffs with or without Lux. They don't need to bring him up. And you hear Dave Roberts say that he, you know, Lux came into summer camp, you know, not prepared, you know, not in the greatest shape, not like Vlad shape. But not in the greatest, <laughs> not in the greatest shape, not ready, you know. So that doesn't. I don't get the feel that he's back up soon. It, even if he does, is I don't think it's a, in an everyday role or even close to it. It's a, they still got Chris Taylor and Hernandez, so I don't. See, and they like both those guys. There's a reason why they both guys have been on the Dodgers for the last like four or five years. They like <laughs> them, and they're, they're yeah, they're they're decent little players. Don't get me wrong, but you know, for Dynasty, I'm still very much in on Lux. The hit tool is great. There's power. There's speed there. High, very high floor, one of the highest floors you'll see of any prospect right now. But yeah, I am definitely hundred percent out on him uh, for twenty twenty. What are your thoughts? Why? Wh- okay, why did we hear all this hype about Mize coming up and Mize isn't here? And where the hell is Mackenzie Gore at? Can anybody answer me that? Please. You, you you hear? I've heard rumblings that Gore could be up soon, and and with the Padres and their you know they they've shown that they are not afraid to promote aggressively. We saw that last year with Tatis and Paddock making the opening day roster. So I think Gore will be up before the end of the month. Um, but what's the yeah. delay? Is there something there? I mean, we don't have any ev- video evidence. We don't know what's going on. Maybe he's struggling over there. We have no idea. Right. Exactly. It's hard. It's hard to tell as we, yeah, we say we don't have a lot of visibility in the West going on these alter, you know, the alternate sites. So, you know, when Lucchese was optioned the other day, everyone's like, Oh, Gore's coming up, but yeah. it hasn't happened yet. It still could happen. They could move Patino in. They could do control. Who knows? But, I still think it's by the end of August, but I'm not like really confident in that. No, they should just option Lamet and then bring him up. <laughs> yeah, Corey. Yeah, right. Corey Seager. <laughs> yeah, Rich could, could get injured at any second. We all yeah. Know that. Oh yeah, hundred. Corey Seager just uh, hit another home run. By the way. Oh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm watching. <laughs> is Gore the unanimous number one prospect arm more because of his floor or ceiling? Both. Both. Because simple that's, enough. That's why. That's how you can be number one pitching prospect in baseball. Was when you. Of that, he has the highest ceiling. You know, some are some are like Pearson's close, guys that are close, but the floor is just so much higher than Pearson's. And I'm not saying Pearson has a low floor by any means, but yeah, it's it's that combination of ceiling and floor. Well, this guy, there's a decent chance that he's at least getting some Cy Young votes. As he could have won a couple of Cy Youngs in his career. Gotcha. All right, and real quick before you get out of here, do we see Casey Mize? Well, two things. One, do we see Casey Mize this year? And if so, when do you think we see him? I still do think we. I, I think he's kind of on the same similar ETA as as Gore, maybe later this month. But again, not one. I'm like Detroit has no reason to rush. Yeah, Mize yeah. or Manning or Scooball. You know, it'd be yeah. great to see all three of them up, but they have no reason to do so. Yeah, right. but the Royals also had no reason to do anything they've done. Teams have gotten the extra year already, and yeah. Mize and Manning, Mize and Manning, yeah, that's what I like, why not? Mize and Manning specifically yeah, right. were due up at the end of this year anyway. So if they've already got the extra year, it makes no sense for them to not get a chance to come up. And right. a few names real quick. Um, any under-the-radar prospects you might see come up and be somewhat pr- productive? Maybe our boy Dalbeck, does he come up and do something? I think he could. I think you know if, if Devers is out long-term or if there's another slump at first base, I think he could. Dalbeck can play both corners. You can obviously can DH if they want to throw JD out in the outfield. <laughs> Not a great idea, obviously. Maybe, maybe they trade him. <laughs> yeah, but I, I would love Dalbeck's powers and the way his swing and his, his frame um, very much built for Fenway Park. He pulls the ball and elevates the ball. That's great for Fenway. You know, put some of the monster seats off the wall. Uh, he, he's going to be an extra base hit machine, but I think it's going to take a little something to get him in the lineup, though. Gotcha. And okay, one last question. This is, I promise, the underscore crab underscore shack underscore. Where is Joey Bart Simpson at? I don't think we see him this year. I mean, I've been it's saying good. that since they you, you, you heard like that initial, like, yeah. oh, he's, he's close. And then it's been crickets ever since. And yeah. due to that, I'm like, I thought he was going to come up. I thought he was, he was close anyways. He, if he didn't miss all that time last year with the two separate um, broken hand or wrist in, incidents last year in double A and then in the AFL, he'd probably be up right now. But he missed all that development time, which is not, not ideal, obviously. But since it's been really crickets over the last few weeks, you know, I thought, and I thought that about Joe Adele. Joe Adele was kind of crickets too. And then all of a sudden, boom, Joe Adele's up. So I, 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 I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility that we see Bart, but I'm not banking on that either. I got you. All right. Well, 
that was a lot of fun. We're going to call it quits right there. Eric, thank you for joining us. Again, yeah, you can, find, you can find Eric on Twitter at EricCross04. If you're watching, it's right there. Follow him. Eric, any work coming out re- soon? I know you're always busy over there at Fantrax. From experience, I get what goes on over there. You're a man of many, many talents and a man of much work. What you what do you have going on? What's coming out? What can we expect? Yeah, so I just pumped out my updated top 500 dynasty rankings today. Um, I'm doing uh, do my waiver wire every Friday, which I'm going to finish writing right now after we get off off this feed here. Um, then I'm doing I did a uh, pitchers to drop list but, uh, last Sunday. I'm doing do hitters to drop, kind of like the Ben and type of players that you know it's time to cut them. These types of guys, so that'll probably be out on Sunday as well. So yeah. gotcha. obviously, obviously a lot of dynasty prospect work too, obviously. Yeah, like again, you are as busy as it gets. Mike, you have your streaming stuff doing really well. Anything else in the works? I know Fangraphs, obviously a big deal. Two star streamers, <laughs> Mr. Big um, Deal over there. Yeah, and no, I've been doing some doing weekly articles for Rotoballer, just their two star streams. And um, yeah, I'm going to be doing probably one article a week for Rotographs. And then obviously all my streamers Sorry. every day. Rotographs, not Fangraphs. I apologize. <laughs> and again, yeah, right. Yeah, you can find him on Twitter, SP Streamer. I'm at Mike underscore Curlin. You can find me just doing everything everywhere at all times. That's all I got. All right, guys. Again, as always, we appreciate listening, and we'll talk to you next time.